Greetings, strangers. How have you been? As you're probably aware, the pop culture behemoth that is Star Wars rolled onto screens again on the 14th of December 2017, with the Ryan Johnson directed and written Last Jedi. By now, both critics and the public have had their say over this new film. We thought we'd counterpoint two opinions from a very young viewer and new Star Wars fan to the grizzled, embittered Strangers to the Multiplex team view. We do have some light side to balance our dark side though. We're starting with a first-hand account of seeing Star Wars for the first time in 1978. It's early, 1978. The phenomenon that was the first Star Wars, New Hope be damned, had finally taken the lightspeed jump over the Atlantic to successfully land in towns and cities up and down the British Isles, creating tailbacks of mainly boys queuing impatiently outside their local Odeon or Canon cinemas with a bemused parent. Meanwhile, in the lives of the flared and bouffant 70s adult, a different but equally important pop culture force was gripping the UK charts. Abba. Abba. Agnetha, Bjorn, Benny and Anna Fried had been dominating the hit parade for a solid four years since their Waterloo Eurovision victory in Brighton on the 6th of April 1974. They had scored a platinum success with their greatest hits compilation in 1976 and in late 77 ABBA released a new album, the originally titled ABBA THE ALBUM. They also released an accompanying video. Um, these are pre-MTV days we're talking about here. It was actually ABBA, ABBA, the movie. In early 78, these two pop culture behemoths were head to head in the box office. Please insert your winner takes all joke here. And were the only two films showing at Mansfield's Odeon, my local cinema. I still remember standing in the queue for Star Wars, the long dark alley at the side of the cinema, the body snaking for what seemed like parsecs and the distinct aroma of urine and bleach. Or was it midi-chlorian? As you pass the recesses of the cinema's fire exits in the crawl to the entrance. But none of the grime or the cold mattered to this infant Padawan, waiting for his first glimpse of Tatooine, the bleeping R2-D2 and the majestic Millennium Falcon. Until... You realise that the cinema can only hold so many people, my dad said, matter-of-factly as we continued to slowly move forward. Panic. The idea that we might not get in to see the film hadn't occurred to me. Fire regulations and maximum occupancy was not a concept my four-year-old brain had encountered before. I'm not even sure it was a consideration for a 70s flea pit cinema either, given the general decline in box office numbers since the late 60s. We'd be fine, we'd be fine. Finally, we did make it to the entrance, past the red velvet rope and to the box office. A very apt description for a two-person cubicle set back into the wall of the cinema and joined by a door to the refreshments counter. Two tickets for Star Wars, please. One adult and one child. My dad requested as he pushed the green £1 note through the hole in the counter's perspex window with a level of satisfaction and relief. There was an ominous pause, followed by a sharp intake of breath from the woman behind the glass. Sorry, Duck, we've sold out this showing. There's one at 6.30, or we still have tickets for Abba the movie. You can take the little one into that. It's a used certificate, just like Star Wars. Ah, said my dad, thinking this through, weighing up his options. Two Swedish women dancing in tight pantsuits versus a possibly upset four-year-old. Well, we're here. We've been queuing a while. Obviously, it's not that difficult a decision. Uh, better have two tickets for ABBA then, 
dad looked down to me. That okay with you? That was it. It obviously wasn't. In fact, just asking the question was an admission of guilt. This four-year-old had queued to see other worlds, spaceships, good triumphing over evil, and something called a Death Star. Instead, I was expected to sit through a film about two beardy blokes who both looked like my Uncle Dave, a blonde woman and a dark-haired lady, who always received undivided attention from my father whenever she was on TV, and they were singing songs. No sword fights, no lasers, although I'm reliably told they did use them later in their career on stage, and no spaceships. Cue tears and parental embarrassment. Maybe not then? My father retrieved his £1 note, folded it and placed it back into his wallet. He took my hand, we turned on our heels and headed back to the car. The silence on the journey back home was deafening. My father... Stuck somewhere between contrite and embarrassed, me tear-stained clinging on to fading images of space battles, hairy aliens, not Bjorn and Benny, and cinematic thrills unfulfilled. That was my first experience of soul-crushing disappointment, and it would not be the last link to Star Wars. <clears throat> Phantom Menace. It also led to a lifelong dislike of anything ABBA. Don't be alarmed, dear listener. The author returned to the cinema a week later and saw everything he imagined and more. In fact, the author has now seen this film over 30 times and has, proudly, never watched Abba the movie. Our first of two reviews discussing Star Wars The Last Jedi. This is the thing, people, and I think we've gone way beyond the spoilers phase now. Luke Skywalker doesn't want to be a Jedi anymore. And quite frankly, I'm not sure how to explain that to my little boy. <laughs> we've had this, we've had ever he's 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 got into his Star Wars now, and ever since they re- they announced the title The Last Jedi, we've been having a debate over cornflakes in the morning as to who the last Jedi was. And we had this whole thing about was it Ray? It could be Ray. Ray seems to be force sensitive, maybe it's Ray. And then some bright spark in The Guardian did point out that in The Crawl for The Force Awakens, it does say that Luke Skywalker was the last Jedi. Oh, does it? It does. Can I, can I just quote Mark Hamill for a second, who allegedly told... Uh, How cultured are we? I mean, look, we just mentioned The Guardian. <laughs> now Mark Hamill? No, Mark Hamill. Oh, Mark Hamill, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, he told director Ryan Johnson, allegedly, I pretty much fundamentally disagree with every choice you've made for this character. And he should have stuck with that yeah. because that was the right way to go forward. But I've I seen a recent interview with him where he kind of goes back on that in as much as he says... I fundamentally disagreed with it until I got these big pots of money <laughs> turn up at my door. <laughs> it was the armoured truck that arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he said um, he's, come, he's kind of come to peace with it now. Uh, he realises that the version of Luke Skywalker he played is not the version of Luke Skywalker they're going forward with. Um, to be fair, Mark had a lot more respect for you when you was like, <laughs> I don't agree. I imagine by that point, though, even when he didn't agree, he'd already signed on for the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it would have been costly to get out of it. Well, I would imagine as well that Hamill is probably, now he's made peace, is, is going to be appearing as a blue glowy Jedi in later episodes. But this is the thing. He wasn't blue glowy. And I'm not sure, oh, no, nor was Yoda. No, well, Yoda was solid at points as well. Which is all very confusing. Yeah, yeah. Let's do. Let's for anybody in the known <laughs> known civilization who hasn't seen it. Let's briefly play catch up. <laughs> 
So very quickly in summary, Ryan Johnson directed uh, Star Wars follow-up to uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, the IMDb summary says Ray develops her newly discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker, who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the Resistance pre- prepares for battle with the First Order. That's that's literally the uh, IMDb uh, summary, which I would imagine was written to avoid any spoilers. So if, if we start chronologically, uh, I, I think we join the Resistance fleet... Uh, being pursued by the First Order okay. uh, and uh, they they make a bravado attack on one of the is it like dreadnoughts, the dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts. Uh, with a group of bombers uh, Poe Dameron seems to be going against direct orders in order to satisfy the destruction of the dreadnoughts he does and that's one of the very first problems I have with the movie the action sequence in itself is fine I very much like the the whole taking out of the dreadnought. There's lots of death and destruction. Apart from the telephone bit at the start, the on hold bit, which is very Let's, misplaced. You're right. Humor. You're right. Let's yeah. let's let's go back even further. This film suffers from a problem with inappropriate humour. Okay, uh, George Lucas used to write at times awful dialogue, but he took himself seriously. Yeah. And I I kind of need to believe that the people making the movie take Star Wars as seriously as I take it. A lot of the humour comes across as like bad family guy gangs. And it's it's very jarring and uh, kind of took me out of the movie. Yeah, I also think that when humour was in place, um, it there was an element of knowing, but this is, this is kind of going one step beyond. It's almost breaking the fourth wall at points. Uh, the, the opening scene with the on-hold joke seems to be very... Uh, it, it seems to be kind of anachronistic almost in the fact that it, it doesn't feel like that fits in the universe. Where yeah, were telephones yes, and all absolutely. the other films? Where, where does, where does Poe have the, the frame of reference for a telephone yeah. and waiting on a telephone call, you know? Um, yeah, it just uh, immediately it kind of puts you on the back, back step, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, foot, yeah. Because and, and seeing kind of Aid Edmondson up there, which no offence to Aid Edmondson, but great comedy actor, not really sure why he was in there i've got to be honest that didn't bother me no i didn't no it did, didn't did me. hawks bother you i i thought i thought admiral hawks so domino gleason the so in the, <laughs> at the start yes you've got him and aid edmondson on the yes bridge. yeah the, the, the ginger chap from the yeah, first one right i felt like he turned his performance up to 11 absolutely there's he the, was a pantomime villain. He was. There's a scene where they, they he gets the bloke on the phone. He says, "Um, Lord Snooks on the Lord Snooks on the phone for you." It's a fantastic, pretty well ready room. But then the, the the hologram pops up in front of him, and he sort of trips over himself. Yeah. I just, I, 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 yeah, I just felt it was it was out of step with everything else that's come before it. Absolutely, yeah. Action sequence, though, the bombers, I enjoyed very much. Amazing that they actually, they looked to me very kind of A-wing-ish. Uh, and, and it was nice to see some kind of different shape ships that have a different function. And they, that's they, kind they of float like zeppelins. Yeah, they? yeah. They're, 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 there's something very kind of slow and purposeful and yeah. kind of plodding about it. But that built that built the tension nicely. Yeah. Um and also lots of death and destruction. We've seen death and destruction in Star Wars before, but not to this extent. 
do, do you know what came into my head as I was watching it though? Bearing in mind I watched it very early in the morning, jet lagged in an LA cinema. I was waiting to see how long it would take yeah, you to yeah. get there. Um, okay. But the bombs reminded me of Terror Hawks. <laughs> the Zoids in Terror Hawks. I don't know why, but I had that image for a good half an hour through the film. Now oh, they're gonna get it. Battle tank. Roll out. I've, I believe the I believe the Juggernaut doesn't come out till later. I think at first it's one it's a big destroyer, isn't it? And the idea is that he he's distracting the destroyer so the rest of the fleet can escape. Yeah, so it's it's one of it's Snoke's destroyer, battle cruiser or destroyer, right. okay. and then the Dreadnought appears, and then having completed his first task, Poe decides that they can't miss the opportunity to destroy the the dreadnought he basically disobeys orders manages somehow to get everybody else to disobey orders and yes. lead, lead the lead the attack on the dreadnought my problem with i get that he's supposed to be impulsive he's supposed to be a cav cavalier in his attitude i get that my problem with it is so many people die of that and it barely registers with him yeah there's there's no kind of character arc he doesn't sort of learn the error of his ways by the end of it no he remains unchained and unchanged after so many people die. Well, it's quite interesting actually because they could have played this as him being quite unfeeling, going through rather than almost ignorant of it. Uh, but they they could have changed his character arc slightly by making him very you know we could have seen a more bitter Poe from the Force Awakens. That could have been what well, they, you know, he's got PTSD or something, something like Possibly, that. Possibly, but yeah. they didn't didn't do any of that. They kept him quite light and breezy, and there was, as you said, no consequences. It does echo a lot of it. Echoes the Force Awakens. Would you agree with that? Uh, and also, shits all over it. It does. It dismisses a lot. Yeah, of it yeah. Very, it's very like, oh, forget that. This is the Rebels' base. Boom! Bye, Rebels. <laughs> this is Captain Phasma, who was built up to be quite a badass in the last yeah. one. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Snook. <laughs> Won't be seeing you again. Oh, it's very dismissive, kind of. Yeah. But there's a particular plot point with Finn as an ex-Stormtrooper and how the Rebels use that to their advantage. It happens again in this film. Yeah. Happens, you know, they it's, it's like a one-trick pony a bit sometimes. But it's it's weird, isn't it? Because the Star Wars do have that repetitive cycle about them. So it's always about... No, normally it's about knocking down something big at the end. Yes. Apart from Empire, which is kind of the, the bridge between two of those. Then I would say this was very closely modelled with Empire as well. Yeah, yeah. Except nowhere near as good. Um, <laughs> but But the idea of this is that they, they aren't using the same tropes, but they are using the same characters in the same ways sometimes. Yeah. So your, your Finn examples are a perfect one. To a certain extent, I, I, personally, uh, I think Ray was used very similar in in both of these. A lot of people have been talking about, oh, you know, oh, the greys, and she, is, she, is she in the dark side, is she in the light side, we're not sure at points. Can this be expanded? Actually, I thought she was pretty much on the same level as she was yeah, the during the first movie. Yeah. You know, and very similar to bloody uh, Rilo Ken or whatever his name Rilo is. Rilo Ken. Rilo Ken and Barbie. <laughs> do, we, do we think they are going to be real to be brother and sister? I don't know. I, I, I think this might be just fans imposing uh, 
the standard st- story structure on people. I mean, uh, Mark Bernard and uh, Kevin Smith in the podcast when they discussed uh, the Last Jedi said it would actually be more interesting if it wasn't about Skywalkers. You know, there was a bit where uh, Rilo says to Kylo Ren, Kylo, Kylo uh, Ren says to her, says says to Ren, you you nobody. You didn't have your a story. Did the, your, your parents, parents were nobody. They yeah, like, they did. They didn't love you. I'm I'm Skywalker slash Solo. So, the the idea that it might move away from the Skywalker saga and might be why they've actually killed Luke. That that might be ultimately because you can expand that universe off a lot more than restricting it just to the, the family Skywalkers. story. Yeah, possible. I just thought, given how this, how the previous movie had repeated a new hope quite a lot it makes sense that the two kids were luke thought the two kids were jedis and he wanted to keep them separate yeah it may be i don't know but there was an element for her where i it, it was almost like he didn't recognize her through most of the movie i thought that wavered quite a lot yeah but obi-wan kenobi didn't seem to recognize luke either you know when luke goes up to him in new hope and he's like about old ben kenobi ben kenobi would have known the children he would have known luke skywalker was one of the kids he had hidden yeah, but he did say, I knew your father. Yeah. And he was taken, he was killed by a man called Darth Vader. Vader. Darth Vader killed, yeah, yeah. killed Darth Vader, yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Very... I do think if they are going to reveal it, they've screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, definitely. By the time it comes around to the third movie, when they do reveal it, everyone's been thinking that anyway. Yeah. So it's no big reveal, is it? I think it'd be great, better if Poe Dameron turned out to be a Skywalker. <laughs> Thank you for my ideas. Thank you for my ideas. Um, yeah, so we've started. We started with the dreadnoughts stuff, and um, that means that the 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 rebel alliance or resistance, as they now know, is being pursued by the first order, who for some reason can follow them through light hyperspace, which apparently is a plot point that Battlestar Galactica did. Yes, yeah, so I about to say. Series. I actually the first time I saw this movie, I watched it in the company of the ever knowing Fussy Bitch. And Fussy Bitch did say come out and he said it's style from Empire Strikes Back and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Which is the new T V the, the reimagined T V show. It does absolutely, yeah. Because yeah, they had to jump every thirty minutes That's or something, right, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um but so that that was quite interesting and, and there has been comments online which I kind of agree with, which is like it's the slowest car chase, essentially. It was a cat and mouse game that had no tension. No. Um, it was, it's going to sound like a silly comment, but it was just literally Rebels Run, first order chase. Yeah. And there never seemed to be much of a point of them turning it round on the no. first order. They never seemed to sort of like get one up on them. It was, it was almost like a, I, it was almost like a, an, a, a the film Speed, where, <laughs> Dennis Hopper would have said, but you know what? If the bus runs out of fuel, the bomb doesn't go off. <laughs> <laughs> it had that kind of conclusion to it almost. It, I don't know where to go next. Um, all right. One of the Not things back that, to the cinema to watch another one. I've seen it twice. Now, I, I keep saying this. Is, there is a lot of it I do have issues with, but I don't think it's a bad movie. It's far from a classic it's far from a very good movie, but I don't think it's a bad movie. I thought it was too sprawling, too messy. And actually what it ended up doing was pissing fans off and getting the tonal shift wrong. And just dismissing a lot of things that have been held true for Star yeah. Wars for years. It's all very, very confused. It was almost like 
somebody had seen the first, and I, I'm going to sound like a disgruntled fanboy here, but it's almost like somebody had watched the first three movies to write this movie and gone, okay, I, I get it. <laughs> evidently you don't. And, and evidently you don't. I mean, the pluses for me is none of the story was a plus. I, I, found, I found the story intolerable and annoying. But visually, I thought it was fantastic. Especially the, the final two battles. So the one in space and the one on the planet. Um, I thought the fight in Snoke's chamber was amazing. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Highlight of the film for me. Yeah, definitely. And I actually thought the original bombing raid at the start, if you take out the, the f- telephone calls and stuff, was great as well. Yeah, absolutely. But th- the issue is, and I've, I've, I've said to you off mic as well, that I walked out of the cinema and nobody was talking about those scenes because basically the, the title started at the end and everyone was so disgruntled with how the story went, I think, that, that essentially they were almost forgotten at the time. What what did you hear people saying as you left the cinema? Absolutely nothing. Really? So I have never walked out of a Star Wars film. In fact, I've hardly ever walked out of a film that's got any action scenes or anything where somebody's not saying that was cool or that bit with, yeah, you know... You know, even when you walked out of Basic Instinct from years ago, it was that bit where she uncrossed the legs, people were talking about. But no, there was no conversation generated as people walking out. And it wasn't that it was just a bunch of 30-plus fanboys in there who were disgruntled. There were teenagers in that, that showing as well. And parents with some smaller kids. Something myself and the fuzzy bitch have discussed in some detail is the idea that Luke Skywalker at some point turns to the dark side, or rather, he he considers he considers it considers it a viable option when he's standing over Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren's asleep, and he draws his lightsaber. Essentially, Luke has caved to the dark side, and fear, anger, and aggression. Yeah, yeah. They needed to spend longer on that. It was like it was like a flash in the pan moment. And he didn't seem to be again. It's like the Poe. It's like the Poe thing. He didn't take enough time to wrestle with that. Yeah. No. No. Con- again. No consequences. No real peril, and no consequences. I mean, it, going back to a lighter bit of the film, but the the bit on the casino planet, which was unnecessary. Yeah, absolutely unnecessary, and no peril at all there at all. And Benicio del Toro playing Benicio del Toro. He's got to come back into it in the third movie. Oh right? God, I hope not. What an annoying. But what character. was the otherwise? What was the point? What was <laughs> 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 his character in a Usual Suspects called? Ah, but exactly the same. Yeah. And and he, he had an element of the uh, the collector from Guardians. Guardians in it. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah it did annoyed me greatly that whole. I think again. I think other Rob said. I think he said it, it felt like a side quest if you were playing a video game. Yeah. But with with no real sort of. They could have, they could have, they could have got to the ship another way. They didn't have to go to that planet. And and I don't know whether it was Kevin Smith or whether it was on the NPR uh, Pop Culture Hop, Happy Hour podcast. We endorse lots of different yeah, podcasts. But one somebody said something about wouldn't it have been cool if you saw Lando in the, the casino? In the casino that would have and been that amazing. Was new, that was the new thing he was doing. That was the new kind of cloud city. Yeah. But there is a there is a story. Yeah, it must have been Kevin Smith because I think Mark Bernardin was saying that. Billy D. Williams is so large now. But he's got old. Yeah, yeah, they can still have done it. (laughs) (laughs) And poor, I think poor Justin Throw got short shrift as the the actual 
uh, decoder or code breaker or whatever. Yeah. But just yeah, I you know the horses in that bit were never ending story. They were dragons. You know, uh, I I I actually think that the uh, the porgs were okay. I thought they were kind of used. Not sure why, after cooking a porg. Seeing a crying porg would stop, stop you. No. Man got to eat. <laughs> yeah, but but you know that by and by they were okay. They, they weren't, weren't consequential. Yeah, yeah. Like, they didn't. I mean, like it's not like it was the battle for Endor. It didn't. No. it didn't really matter, did it? Um, again, I've seen it twice. I can't tell you. I absolutely hate it. There's a lot of things I disagree with, but again, another thing Rob brought up, which I thought was a fair point. Laura Dern's character. We hear from Poe about how she was a great general or something, but we never really see that. No. Um, and then she dies, and it doesn't really matter because she's not a character we know. No. Now, Rob's idea, switch her for Admiral Akbar. Whereas I think you should have switched it for Leia. Yeah, it, but I think that's probably... That's with, with foresight. Hindsight, hindsight, yeah, hindsight yeah, 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 you know, that's with hindsight. I just, I just feel Admiral Akbar would have worked so much. He's a, he's a beloved character. What a, what a ignoble death! Akbar had sucked out into space, space, dead. Yeah, the end. How comes Leah didn't die? Sucked out into space, turns into Mary Poppins. Interestingly, they used very similar effects to when Peter Quill went to rescue Gamora in, Star Wars, yeah, in uh, absolutely, yeah, in uh, Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, you're right. They did. What did you like about it? I've I've written a list of like five things. I think most of which we've covered already. Um, I really like the scene where Luke when Luke appears to Leah at the end of it, uh, when he when he projects into that into the mine, and Leah says to him something along those, "It's fitting that you're here for the end," which again, in um in hindsight, that yeah. would have been the last scene they probably filmed together. You know that that's the last appearance on on screen between Luke and Leah, which I thought was beautiful with that kind of with that kind of weight to it. Um, I really liked Luke. St- Luke standing off against the whole first order. It got no. a bit, it got a bit. No, no, no. Dirt off your shoulder. Very annoying. Um, and was... and the fact that uh, you you had Hawks who has not come over as a great general. Uh, I'm not I... sure why he's in charge. No, but but the whole thing about you know why would you why would you let this guy just decide to concentrate all their firepower on Luke. I mean the astral projection at least got out of the well he's not invincible. I was waiting for when that when that cloud comes up when they all shoot him. I was waiting for the lightsaber to come out of the cloud. You right. know when Luke draws his lightsaber but you don't you don't see that. And they come so close to saying for him saying to Kylo Ren, if you strike me down I'll become more powerful than even you could imagine. You like a star I was waiting for that. That was pretty much gonna happen. And I think actually that should have killed him. Rather than him letting go. Yeah. I, uh, and the other thing is, how did Luke get in? Oh, there must be another entrance into this base. Well, he didn't get in because the astral projected. Yeah. So the fact that they followed the s- s- crystal foxes, star yeah. foxes or whatever they're called uh, out into the gap, like, did nobody think about that to start with? Yeah. You know, there's all these bits, and like, you just think, oh, God. I mean, it looked amazing on that planet. Don't get me it wrong, is, yeah. but I, I just think 
very sort of um, apocalypse now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just like the red and the white. Spaghetti it's western. I think there's one point where they have the low shot behind Luke and he's facing up against the first door. It's like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes. There is. I liked the bit when Laura Dern's character aims the um, the cruiser thing at the Star Destroyer yeah. and jumped to light speed and blew it up. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a very cool yeah. idea. Yeah, and the thought. use of silence there was was amazing. Although yeah. apparently some cinemas in the states had to uh, publish a a warning before customers went in to tell them that there is not a fault with the sound. <laughs> so many minutes into it, it is an artistic decision. I think we mentioned before about the uh, dog. I think we mentioned before about the throne room um, when Kylo Ren used the Jedi mind trick to cut Snook in half. Oh yeah, it it was it was everything that the fight with Darth Maul should have been in Phantom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that was very that was very cool. Um, and I, if I'm honest, I like Kylo Ren. I, I like his character. I like I like the I like the way he looks. I like I like the well, way with his shirt off. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the long locks and the bare, the bare chest. That's what does it for me. It's a nice moment where he was going to destroy the cruiser, but he didn't because he sends out Leo, was on it? Yeah, yeah. Which, which, which hinted at redemption. That it's coming, isn't it? If, yeah. it? if it follows the lore of Star Wars, by the end of the third movie, it's got to be redeemed. Although we'll probably get chopped in half in the next movie or something. Uh, what about yourself? Any other good bits? Um, no, I, th- I think, it. as I said, I think it looked great visually. I thought the casino planet was very much wouldn't have been out of place in Phantom Menace. Um, I enjoyed the bit on the Star Cruiser, although I know uh, Captain Phantasm or whatever her name is uh, got dispatched quite quickly. I quite liked the the Finn. Yeah, I thought it did get a bit slapstick at a point. You know, when BB-8 was on the top of the um, attack gun yeah. thing, I kind of thought that got a bit slapstick and. Uh, a good scene. That was yeah. a nice. That was a nice moment. Nice visuals. Remind me very much of the end of Jedi. Yes, when they're running away from the yeah 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 burning down Star Destroyer. Uh, are we looking forward to the next episode? No, no, not at all. No, and I'm really worried about the Solo movie as well. That's interesting. Talk to me about the Solo movie purely because I read something the other day that it's actually out in May. Yes, uh, and they've they've kind of they've rushed it through. the The belief is that there's been a hell of a lot of reshoots. He's basically redone the. Ron Howard has done redone the movie from Lord and Miller. Um, there was something in uh, Vanity Fair. They were worried. They were worried about Lord and Miller fucking up Star Wars. Having seen the, the Last Jedi, were you, you worried they were going to fuck up Star Wars? I don't think they could have changed the tone much more. No, in fact, if you'd have given people who've got comedy chops some comedy to write, you know, Ryan Johnson, what comedy is he written? Um, lupus, lupus are laughing. Yeah, hilarious, <laughs> isn't it? You know, with brick, where they all fall about laughing. Yeah, again, exactly. It's like you do not give that to somebody who doesn't get tonal shifts. He's very good at drama. He's and he's he's very good at framing him the the image and and actually the, I think he came up with the concept for Looper as well, didn't he? Yes, he did But but comedy is obviously not a strong strong to, No, no. So Lord Miller, who knows what they would have done with it but i i just get the feeling that we're going to get well i was worried that we were going to get a pedestrian solo movie with ron howard but i'm now worried that if they pass through those tonal shifts for last jedi that we could get a real horrific hodgepodge of a movie i can see that happening i can see it being a lot like justice league yeah which uh and i will go on record as saying this 
Um, I enjoyed Justice League more than Last Jedi. Really? Yeah. I actually thought Justice League was a lot more consistent than Last Jedi, and I never thought I would ever say that. Oh, I don't know. Take, you can still take it back, Neil. But it just interested me that Disney weren't looking, weren't keeping their very lucrative Christmas slot with Luke Skywalker with her Solo, rather. Why? You, There's a worry, isn't there? there? You're, you're teaching, you're teaching an audience that Christmas is Star Wars. I, I just don't. No. I, I would keep to that tradition. Well, and whether whether they bung, bung it back now, given the the receipts for. Last Jedi. I mean, they could still do that. You can let's still very, take it out of the. Let's be the very schedule. clear. Return, Last Jedi, regardless of the critical uproar. Um, well, the critical uproar was brilliant. Not sorry, yeah, it's the wrong choice of words. Regardless of the uproar from the fans, Last Jedi is still done bonanzas at bonanza at the um, box office. Oh yeah, it's done. It's done more than cracking. Force Awakens. Yeah. So, from a from a financial point of view, it's by no means a failure. I, I mean, I think the thing is though. What you what you had with Last Jedi, and we've talked about this with Bright to a certain extent earlier on, but what you had with Last Jedi is you had critics salivating over it when they've seen it, and no one else had seen it. We, we all went to see it expecting, probably over-expecting how good it was going to be. Uh, and by that time, you've already got your first week, two-week receipts. And as a Star Wars fan... When I started seeing the negative criticism from the normal paying public coming through, I kind of ignored it. Absolutely, you got to make your own mind up. Yeah. Star Wars—you're never not going to go and see a Star no, Wars exactly. movie, you know. It, it just interested me that they're they're so quick to get a solo out. I, I'd have waited till Christmas, wouldn't you? Uh, I I just don't think they're confident with it. And is there a what? Because Infinity War's out. April. April. So, so it'll be on a Disney roster. Is there another? Is there another Marvel out in yeah, Christmas? May is it May or is it November for Black Panther? I thought it was like March. I thought Black Panther was out before Infinity War. So you've got. I thought it was March, and then you're looking at June, May, June for Infinity War. It's one of those things. Solos is going to make money regardless if it's good or not. Because you're not going to let some schmuck on. Rotten Tomatoes tell you that it's not worth seeing, are you? Well, no, true. You know, you're going to want to see it for yourself. So, uh, Infinity Wars out 27th of April, uh-huh. uh, 2018. Uh, we've got the Han Solo movie, which is going to be out May? 25th of May. And then we have Black Panther, um, which is going to be out on uh, the 12th of February. 2018. It's a tight, it's a tight schedule, isn't it? All the monies for Disney. All the monies. I think, regardless, the winners are Disney. Yeah. <laughs> you know, polishing their um, X Men Christmas presents. Yeah. Uh, there can be no bad for Disney, can no. they? But yeah, it it is weird that they've put the solo movie there, and they they've got nothing on the Star Wars roster for Christmas. Christmas. You could see if they were doing a follow up to Jedi. Quite quickly afterwards, but you know you got to wait until December two thousand and nineteen yeah. for the episode nine. I I just think it's bad pacing. I'd I'd have put solo in December because I don't think episode nine hasn't even gone to pre production yet, has it? it? Hasn't no. It's very very strange. And perhaps they're 
but maybe they they feel like you said maybe they feel they need to get solo out before people before the rumors start circulating before like, the negative press builds up yeah i mean i mean we look yeah we're looking at 19th of december 2019 for the jj abrams finale where he has to untangle everything that ryan johnson has but they've said they, again they've given johnson his own trilogy haven't they Ah, the internet is only an in over that at the moment. Right. Uh, some people are saying it's just going to be one movie. Can you see a Justice League scenario where it depends how well it does as to whether it's made into a trilogy or not? Yeah, probably. I, I would imagine it's going to take him a while to write as well. So we're looking at, what, 20, 2021? Potentially, time. yeah. Because he... Because he ain't going to get it into pre-production in time for, I would imagine, for a twenty twenty. If they if they're doing a if they're doing a May, then year after Christmas, then a May, and then year yeah. after Christmas. Hello, fact checking monkey here. It's just been announced that Brian Johnson will begin his Star Wars film in June two thousand and eighteen. Can you leave me on a positive for Star Wars? Um, well, performance-wise, did anybody stand out for you particularly? Uh, well, I I thought uh, Daisy Ridley got stronger as the film went on. I thought by the end she was she was pretty good. Um I thought Carrie Fisher was great. She she was okay. Uh I thought I actually thought Laura Dern was, was okay in it as well. Um Mark Hamill? I think they gave him certain physical ticks so that I I've got I have a real problem with the dirt on my shoulder thing. But that you know the little bits with the lightsaber and stuff, which I think detracted from his acting the, as a whole. That part when he's going to kill Kylo Ren when he's when Kylo Ren's sleeping and he draws the lightsaber back. There's a look in his face and he looks haunted and he looks very very scared. Yeah, well they did two versions of it, didn't they? Yes, so they did from his two different points. Two of view, different yeah. point of view, and they kind of darkened his eyes and did when uh, like McDermott went when he was the Emperor yes. almost uh, in Attack. Was it Attack of the Clones or was it Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the yeah. Sith, yeah. But no, I mean, I, th I think the positives were it, there was some stunning imagery there and there were some excellent battle scenes, but I'd, my takeaway is that they've got to try harder. Yeah, try hard. And they've got, to, they've got to be true to the characters. Yeah. I think there'd be a lot less complaints if Luke Skywalker was a bit more consistent. Unless, it's, again, it's the comedy thing. Yeah. And I'd also say that don't show the Infinity War trailer before I watch Last Jedi because <laughs> it, it just kind of swamped everything else after that. After listening to two world-weary 30-plus-somethings talk about The Last Jedi, we thought we'd give you a, an opposing point of view. We turn to a not-so-random young person for their opinion on The Last Jedi. Holding true to Whitney Houston's belief that the children are our future. Roll tape. While Star Wars The Last Jedi has had many mixed reviews in the media, there does seem to be a general consensus that it is more appealing to a younger generation, um, a younger set of fans. I am joined today by one such younger fan. Hello, younger fan. Hello. <laughs> okay, uh, younger fan, what your favourite moments from Star Wars The Last Jedi? I understand you quite like Joda. Oh, yeah, because he says, page 10, was they or not? Page 10 or they were not. That was quite funny, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah? And then he, like, burnt it with, like, lightning. 
He did. What did he burn with lightning? In the box, Jedi box. That's right. And you liked the bit at the end when Luke turns into a ghost <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, he's like... So I like um, put in like his face. So like he's got a quill on his back and he, and he like falls off. It's like he's falling off a cliff and like falling off a rock. He just disappears, doesn't he? Yeah. He puts his, he puts his cloak up and he disappears. So... Tell me about the tell me about the fight between um, Luke and Kylo Ren. Why did you like that? Well, because he's like using his mind, and it's like clever to do that because um, not like not like Jedi's can actually do that. So like that's how it like. Okay, but it was a good fight. Yeah. It was a very good fight. Okay, and you liked the part when all of the First Order fired their guns at Luke. What happened? Can you can you remind me? It was those like red salt. All everywhere, but he was still alive. That's right. But there was a big, um, a big cloud of salt, wasn't there? Yeah, red salt. That's right. All the guns fired. And also, yeah, and there was a quite annoying part was when um, Chewie was like doing it with the poor gun. The poor was annoying Chewie, and he was about to eat it, but then he was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and the poor looks up at him, and the poor looks sad. Yeah. And so he doesn't eat the poor he's cooked, does mm. he? Okay. What about um? You said as well when we came out of the cinema, you quite liked the bit with Ray in the cave. What happened then? She was like um, saying something, and then it like went to trail somewhere. It did. There was lots of it, wasn't there? Lots of reflections yeah, of it. Yeah, but she couldn't like. She probably could have moved, but she just she didn't. And what was the idea? Do you remember she walked towards the, the ice. She walked towards the ice. And she saw the shadow of who she thought was her mum and dad behind it, didn't she? Yeah, but she didn't have a mum and dad. No, she never found out who they were, did she? No. Okay. So, would you say who would you say is your favourite character of the new movie? That's hard. You quite liked Finn, didn't you? Yeah, because he was in his hospital bed. <laughs> Tell me what happened. He was in his hospital bed, got up three times. Then close it out and then walking out and then portals praying out. <laughs> he was walking in the hall with wet with the wet suit and he was naked. And he was naked as well. That's fantastic. If you had to rate Star Wars: The Last Jedi out of five, with with one being very very poor and five being the best movie ever, how how much would you give it? What number? Five. Five. And what do you think is going to happen in the next Star Wars movie? Hard to say. Hard I, to say. Because I've got no idea. No idea. Okay. I don't really know what the next Star Wars movie is called. No. What do you, What do you think the next Star Wars movie should Since be called? Since it's called The Last Jedi, so it should be called, like, um, Last Something. The Last Something. Okay. What about... um? What about... We, we were talking when we came out of the cinema, and you told me that you thought that Poe should be in charge and not Princess Leia. Why do, why do you think Poe should be in charge? Because he had a really good idea then, but then Leia, like, shot him with a gun. She did, didn't she? But she wasn't, it wasn't, like, dead, dead gun. It was, like, a special effects gun. Was it? Was it, like, a sleep, like a sleep rope, wasn't it? Yeah, so, like, so, like, what happened to Princess Leia when she was in the bed? Yeah, she was asleep as well, wasn't she? Yeah. Okay, you were telling me when Luke Skywalker is on the planet and he finds Kylo Ren, he had a 
a lightsaber, didn't he? What was wrong with his lightsaber? What did you tell me? It was the wrong colour, because it's supposed to be green, but it was blue. That's right. Why is it supposed to be green? Can you remember? Because... No. <laughs> OK. Ray had Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Yeah? So she had the blue one. So she, she should have had a green one, because he kind of... Or perhaps it's because he's, like, using his imagination, he can, like... Because he's, he's not really there, so he, that's probably... He's thinking about it, and so that's, that's the lightsaber he's thinking about, maybe. Yeah, I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something. Is there anything else you'd like to say about The Last Jedi? No, nothing no? else. Okay, well, that's amazing. Thank you, young fan. You've been very helpful. And that concludes our journey into a galaxy far, far away for this episode. As always, we have a back catalogue of episodes available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for Strangers to the Multiplex. Until next time, please don't be a stranger. (laughs) 